Ooh, all right, welcome back to uh, the big program. Feel Good Friday, Playlist Friday. We're having a good time. Eddie Steele was rock solid as he usually is every Friday on his way out to his real job now for the next 8-10 hours. So I um, wanted to let you know about tomorrow night's Battle of Alberta watch party. Uh, myself and the Duke will be at Century Sports Bar and the Lounge at Century Casino. That's on Fort Road. So the game time tomorrow between the Oilers and the Flames is 8 o'clock. But get there early. Get there 5 o'clock or so. You can uh, come on down, uh, get your bar tab going, get things going, and everything in that sense. Uh, watch the first game of Hockey Night in Canada. And then we'll be drawing for two tickets. And they'll also pick up your bar tab Drawing for two tickets at 7 o'clock. So at that point, you'll slide on over, take an Uber, take a cab, whatever. At that point, get to the game. Two tickets uh, to the Oilers and Flames. We'll pick up your bar tab. We'll change the draw barrel. That We'll have numerous draws for Sports 1440 stuff, uh, Century Casino, uh, gift cards and things of that nature. There'll be game day food. Uh, beverage specials. We've got it all covered tomorrow night. We'll see you down there. The Duke and I will be down there. Is the low tide coming, Duke? I haven't heard yet. Is he? I haven't got confirmation yeah. from Connor's tide coming? yet, but Connor Halley, uh, maybe even Donovan the intern. Donovan the intern. <laughs> Loves the Nino. <laughs> yes. Donovan will be down there. So uh, come down and uh, join us. So tonight, though, Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild, the first of back-to-backs. Yesterday, after Oilers practice, I had a little one-on-one chat with Oilers forward, Derek Ryan. Derek, just first thoughts on a high-scoring game playing in that compared to some of the lower ones that I guess that you guys have been involved in so far this year. Uh, yeah, obviously more chances, more goals than we want to give up. I think we want to get back to to winning um, by defending and checking. That's something we've talked about. Um, but obviously nice to get a point. I thought we played well, battled back, and um, that's a great team. Two great teams going at it. Do you find that maybe some things are creeping into the game that you had prior to when you were really tight defensively, and how do you kind of nip that in, in the bud and stop it? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think there is some details that we need to sharpen up, and um, the defensive side of the game, It's uh, the season's long, and there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and um, you want to make sure you're tightening the screws when they need to be tightened. What are some of those things in when you're talking about attention to detail, just specific assignments? How would you explain it? Yeah, it's... Um details assignments in the defensive zone protecting the the heart the grade a chances um i think we've done a pretty good job of uh defending against line rush against but that's another detail there's i mean there's a lot of nuances in the game i could go on forever yeah could go on forever uh, for sure what about penalty kill in the sense of you know the numbers recently uh, how do you get them back to where they were kind of before they've kind of you know slid a little bit here I was hoping you had positive questions for me, but they're all negative. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, the PK numbers are what they are. I think that we probably um, probably should have given up a little, a few more earlier in the streak when we were doing really well and probably should have gotten a couple of breaks the other way um, in this bad time. So, yeah, it's just the same thing. Attention to detail, sticks and lanes, blocking shots, winning puck battles, um, definitely getting pucks out when we get a chance, not getting the, giving the power play a second chance in zone is huge, and um, getting a big save when we need it. All right, let's be positive. Uh, what's it been like here uh, to have this thing kind of turn around from the start of the year with the feeling, you know, about four games ago to where you are now yeah uh, crazy definitely wouldn't have envisioned that start and then after the start wouldn't have envisioned being where we are now so um you know what it's 
This is a confident group. Um, we knew we were a great team. Obviously, everyone in your realm was bagging on us after 10 games or 20 games, whatever it was. And and uh, then during the streak, they were playing the Stanley Cup parade, and now they're somewhere in between. So that's kind of the way she goes. Um, it's ups and downs of the season, like I talked about before. And um, it, we're just we're happy with where we're at, but we want to be playing our best hockey here down the last couple months. So that's what we're focusing on. What about the race you're in here? I mean, you got Vegas right in front of you. You got LA right behind you. This is going to be a heck of a couple of weeks moving down the stretch here. Yeah, we're used to it. We've been in these situations the last couple of years, I feel like. Um, and to be honest, I think you want to be in those races. You don't want to be sitting sitting back in the last couple of months, you know, fat and happy, kind of happy with where you are. You want to be pushing and playing your best hockey come this time of year so that's what that's what we want to do you feel that it's because of a little bit more veteran leadership guys have been around a few more years that you're finding it easier to accept these challenges uh, moving forward um yeah i don't think we've had a problem with that before in my two years here i don't think it's uh we've had really great second half seasons my these two years that i've been here before so i think this this group is very mature um, we've been through a lot of ups and downs this year and in the last several years um yeah we're we're a tight-knit group in here and we're ready to go to war together thanks dr yeah, sweet. that's Oiler forward, Derek Ryan, a conversation we had uh, yesterday in the Oilers' locker room after practice. Uh, Frank Saravalli, our uh, contributor Tuesdays and Thursdays on Sports 1440, uh, reporting that not expecting a hearing for Matthew Rempe for his hit yesterday on uh, uh, New Jersey Devils forward Nate Bastion as he just steamrolled him. Got a match penalty. I mean, it's it's a clean hit. It's big man on little man, and I mean, I mean, uh, if he gets suspended for that, I mean, wh- where are we at? Uh, top, not sorry, at nine twenty. We've got David Amber, hockey night in Canada coming up. Before that, though, let's uh, check out what's going on on the slopes uh, with the ski report. Here is the Duke. Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Friday, February 23rd, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Marmot Basin is completely open and received six centimeters of new snow in the last three days, so the new Knob Quad Chair will be getting a workout this weekend out in Jasper. Lake Louise and Sunshine Village, both with four centimeters in the last three days, while Norquay has had three centimeters in the last week. Down in Castle Mountain, four centimeters over the past three days. Nakiska, no new snow in the last week, but out into BC, Kicking Horse has had nine centimeters in the last two days, and Revelstoke with two in the last three days. Further south into BC, Panorama and Kimberly, three centimeters in the last week, and Fernie with 13 in the last six days. Fresh snow is expected locally this weekend, which will hopefully salvage some sort of cross-country skiing season in the capital region. Just hasn't been enough snow to get the local trail coverage much beyond marginal, and the warm weather has made what little snow we had a sheet of ice. Snow Valley, Rabbit Hill, Edmonton Ski Club, and Sunridge are all wide open for your downhill skiing pleasure this weekend, so get out and enjoy. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. All right, welcome back to the big program. Duke, thanks for getting my request in for Playlist Friday. It's my it's the standard request, the peppers. Loves the peppers. Yeah. Speaking of peppers. <laughs> uh, time now for the headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter Plumbing, and this is new here today. So the plumber to call when the... Uh, Toilet mysteriously breaks after your jalapeno pepper popper fueled game last night with the fellas. That's Mr. Reuter. 
Ca as we welcome in Dave Amber from Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, thanks for jumping on again. How are you? Things shaking out in the in the big smoke and the mighty to. Oh my God! How do I even follow <laughs> I up know. on that? I don't know. I, I didn't know where you're going there. <laughs> I, I was liking the playlist. I was. I wanted you to play the whole song. I love the, the Chili Peppers too. And then things went south. Oh, uh, you know, Dave. That's a. It's a new liner, as we call them in the business. As you know, it's the first time that we uh, had it for today, and it's. I think it's going to catch on. So uh, you're. you going to stick. Yeah, you. You're ready to rock and roll with it. And and uh, as I always say to you, Dave, whenever you come on, I go, "How was your workout this morning?" Morning. Uh, what was the rep situation like? Well, I'm I'm an afternoon workout guy, oh. but uh, it'll be it'll be. I hope it'll be okay later today. We'll see. Just, you- uh, Taking it slow. Uh, attaboy, because we, we, we have Eddie Steele on as our co-host uh, on Fridays from 7 to 9. I thought of you when I saw the picture that he posted yesterday. He had the Grey Cup. Almondo Seawall took the Grey Cup to his house yesterday, and Eddie posted a picture on his uh, Twitter account with his big right gun holding the cup out, and it looked like uh, that Eddie had gone about, I don't know, an hour on curls for uh, just to get ready for that photo op. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me, man. I have a torn tendon in my wrist right now, so oh. it's slowing me down a little bit. But uh, I'm still still trying to stay in shape as best possible. Well, you got to get ready for golf season then, as well. That that's got to be a hindrance, or what? Well, I finally have an excuse of why I'm such a bad golfer. I can just blame it on the tendon because I'm. You've golfed with me before. Mm. It's not a pleasant thing. I I can't putt to save my life, and and my drive's an adventure uh, off the tee. I don't know where the hell it's going. I have this crazy. I'm a lefty, and I have this mm-hmm. crazy like banana slice um but my iron game's okay that's the only thing that saves me yeah we being a lefty too we would share clubs when we golf together I remember hitting each other's uh, driver and stuff like that and just as, how about this i was talking to ryan rashog the other night dave about uh, when you guys are playing he threw you absolutely under the bus saying that you always want to get games going but as soon as the game's going whatever that game might be all of a sudden the game goes south that's what rashog said <laughs> I, I, I can't back up. Uh, I can talk a big game, but I can't walk a, a good game to back it up. That's for sure. Rashad's taking some money from me. That's that's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, those are always good times when the guys get together and have a have a little round uh, on the links for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Dave, boy, the Toronto Maple Leafs are humming right along, and Austin Matthews is as well. So I guess for you guys, when you're covering the Leafs out there and everything's going well in Leafland and you see what Matthews is doing, you see what the Leafs are doing, uh, makes for uh, easy, easy content for you. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we cover all the Canadian teams. Yes. I know. Yeah. The, thanks for Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. But uh, I'm watching the Canucks. I'm, I watched that Flames overtime last night. My God, that was one mm-hmm. of the best overtimes I've seen this season. Um, just back and forth. Boy, Markstrom was good. But yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think kind of like when the Oilers are struggling, you have more content when the team's doing poorly than when they're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting thing. You know, there were a few people, um, you know, I heard uh, Paul Bissonnette, uh, Nick Kiprios, Luke Gazdick. There was a number of analysts who said when Morgan Riley two Saturdays ago took that, um, took that, uh, the, uh, the high stick yeah. on Ridley Gregg, they said, this is going to be a good thing for the Leafs. This is going to kind of galvanize the team a little bit. And I'm not chalking all the success for the Leafs up on that, but it does seem like they're, you know, they're playing a bit more discipline and they're certainly playing with a bit more, um, bravado, you know, defending one another and standing up mm-hmm. for one another more than I'd seen previously this year. And that's not everything. I mean, they have a world-class, 
you know, arguably the greatest goal scorer, you know, of this generation. I'll, you know, we'll consider Ovi the last generation and Austin Matthews, so that helps too. But, you know, Morgan Riley takes that penalty or takes that suspension and the team kind of came together in a way we hadn't seen previously previously this year and it's been a pretty interesting run to say the least i will say one thing too dave uh being out here watching both networks i can say this with 100 percent uh behind you know from from the bottom of my heart when i watch you guys you guys are speaking to canada when you talk about the leafs the three-letter network speaks just to leafs nation when they talk about the Leafs. So uh, that's a big compliment to you guys because I think you understand uh, what uh, your proximity, what your job is to speak as a network, a Canadian network, where you know what happens uh, with the other guys. So that's a compliment to you guys. I wanted to just say that. So um, Toronto plays in Colorado tomorrow, and then we'll get off the Leafs because we get texts all the time, Dave, that we don't want to – our listeners have had it with the Leafs already. But um, that game out tomorrow should be a real dandy. It should be a real doozy. Yeah, I think it'll be a good test for the Leafs. I know they went into Vegas and did a number last night on Vegas, and that was an impressive win. And, and honestly, it might have been their best. That first period was ridiculous, like four goals in the first 15 minutes, and it wasn't even Austin Matthews. It was all the lines contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's no stone, no Eichel. That's a different animal. Uh, they're about to walk into Colorado, a team who has the best home record in the NHL. Um, that'll be a, a really big challenge as well. So, yeah, I think we're excited Saturday. I mean, listen, we got Battle of Alberta. Yeah. We've got, you know, Vancouver in another big game. And the Vancouver situation's gotten more and more interesting because mm-hmm. of, you know, the fact they've lost four in a row. In fact, something I threw out on a text chain with some buddies yesterday, I said, you know, don't sleep on the Oilers, mm-hmm. you know, in that Pacific division. I know they're sitting third, but... With all the games they have in hand and the fact that we've now seen a little bit of vulnerability with the Vancouver Canucks, maybe this is the opportunity for for Edmonton to think about taking over first in the Pacific. It would take a lot of work, but that should be their goal because I think you by any means want to avoid Vegas and want to avoid Vancouver in that first round. Hockey Night in Canada's David Amber with us on Sports 1440. Uh, You did touch on it about the Calgary-Boston overtime, and you know the Oilers-Boston overtime was pretty darn good the night before, so uh, to see two great overtimes in Alberta uh, back-to-back was was neat to watch. And we've been on that similar situation and that similar talk uh, here for a while, Dave, just talking about the, the fact that Vancouver, this is the first time that they'd have a little blip in the radar and Vegas now with Stone out little blip in the radar the Oilers have an opportunity here they got a lot of work to do a lot of things to climb but uh, do you really think that they could make a push for the Pacific Division title yeah 100% I you know listen Vancouver's in the driver's seat when you have a 10 point cushion at the end of February you would like to think you're going to hold that position. But they're finally feeling a little bit of adversity. They've had a couple of injuries, which is, you know, that third line was arguably next to Winnipeg's third line. I, I like that third line in uh, in Vancouver uh, with Dakota Joshua, um, Connor Garland, um, what they were doing. And, you know, now Joshua's out, and that's kind of changed the, the feel of that third line. So, um, honestly, I think... There's a, an opportunity here for the Oilers. At very least, you have to imagine that they're gunning hard for home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have to, if you're going to have to face conceivably Vegas in the first round, at least you want to be able to get 29 and 97 out when you can. You want to have that last matchup, that last change uh, for four of the seven games potentially. But I also do think very much um, that Edmonton is is right there mm-hmm. with the opportunity. I think you use the right word, Kevin. Like it's an opportunity for them if they can 
run the table on these games that they have in hand, they will be tied with the Vancouver Canucks. It's asking a lot, but it's not out of the realm of possibility from a team we saw win 16 in a row earlier this year. Dave, this is probably going to be the last time we talk to you before the trade deadline coming up here, mm-hmm. and it's sneaking up really fast, and you know teams are still jockeying. Uh, do you see Calgary as that team that once they decide what they're going to do with Tanev and what they're going to do with Hannafin, then I guess the other kind of chips fall moving forward? Yeah, two weeks today, uh, Craig Conroy, you know, the greatest resource he has is time. Um, But the time is getting less and less. He's now down to two weeks. They are not going to have a Johnny Gaudreau situation take place again. They're not just going to lose Tanev and Hannafin for nothing. That being said, they're trying to figure out what the best offer is. And what helps them is, you know, on any given night, teams like Seattle win and stay in the hunt. Uh, Other teams stay in the hunt and still are feeling the playoff possibilities there. Uh, They want to keep as big and as vast a marketplace available as possible. But if it doesn't look like Hannafin and Tanev are going to sign long-term, these guys are going to be gone. And, And I think you're very much correct. That might be... You know, position A for a lot of Stanley Cup contenders is we want Tanev, we want Hannafin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not going to move on the other possible uh, blue liners out there until those guys are off the board. So Craig Conroy holds the first chips. In a perfect world, from our standpoint, knowing we have seven or eight hours of TV that day, <laughs> I'd love Craig Conroy to hold this right up to the eighth. Please, I'm begging you, man, like, <laughs> give us something. Because when they go and they deal, make these deals a week in advance and then the other dominoes fall, we're kind of sitting there and it's crickets for eight hours, and that's never fun. But... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one, you know, you'd love to be a fly on the wall and you know that they're fielding all the offers and they're sitting there. And according to our insiders, who I trust the Elliot mm-hmm. Friedman's of the world and the Eric Francis of the world, you know, they're saying, uh, they want to get a first round pick for Tanev. And until they feel it's a viable first round pick and maybe the highest first round pick they can get, uh, they're not going to move him. And that might just be the starting point for Tanev. So I think it's about teams suddenly, you know, the Leafs complexion, you know, two weeks ago when, when they hadn't gone on the six-game winning streak as well, maybe they're not going to be buyers. Maybe they are going to stand pat. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are going to hold on to their first-round pick. Now that they've gone on this little run and there seems like there's a bit more potential there for, for something serious come, come springtime, maybe the Leafs will get that first-round pick in play. And, and maybe that's the, the chip that Calgary is ultimately waiting for is to, to get as big a loot as they can, and maybe that'll go all the way to the eighth before they can find that. Mm-hmm. Dave Amber with us uh, from Hockey Night in Canada on Sports 1440. How tough do you think it is, Dave, for GMs at this point of the year when your team is right on the bubble? You know, like we're talking like Jersey, the Islanders, Capitals out east, and then there's so many teams in the west that fit that bill, like Minnesota and, and Calgary and, and Nashville. For GMs to not kind of go, oh, man, we can sneak in, or should we kind of stay the course? Uh, How do they balance that, you think? That's a great question. I think some of it has to do with fans' expectations, uh, internal expectations, sometimes led by the ownership group, uh, dictates what they're going to do. And some of it has to be with the reality of what they see in their team. Uh, I talked to a GM not that long ago, and he said, look, there's there's five or six really good teams in the league. There's 20 teams, and he was including his own. He said, we're in the middle of the pack, but we're nothing special. And there's five or six pretty bad teams, which I think is a pretty accurate assessment of it. Uh, if you're in that messy middle of 20 teams, are you going to go there and maybe broker your, you know, sell off your future? Um, to, to make a run that, that ultimately might not get you where you're wanting to go. You know, you, you brought up New Jersey, and to me, they're the most interesting one. Washington, I, I think, in a different... Mm-hmm. You know, Washington's got their championship. They're an older team. I look at them very differently. New York Islanders are a much older team. I'm not saying the expectations aren't there, 
but I think how they want to manage and maneuver. If you're the New Jersey Devils, and you got to sort of say, well, when is Jack Hughes going to be in his absolute prime with, you know, Jesper Bratt and everyone else? Like, when are we going to make a legit run for the cup? And are we giving up too much if it's for a rental? It's one thing to say we're going to trade for Hannafin and then sign him to a five-year, six-year deal. That's different. Mm -hmm. But if you're just going to trade for a a two-month rental, then you better be sure that this is the window for you to win. The New Jersey Devils, is this their window to win right now? And that's why there's probably a bit more pressure on a team like the Maple Leafs. When you look and you have Austin Matthews in his prime, Mitch Marner in his prime, William Nylander in his prime, you look at at sort of the core of your group and say, this is kind of our window. Uh, Yeah, we might have to get rid of Easton Cowell. We might have to get rid of this player or that player. But we certainly, um, you know, we want to win now. And I'm sure all those conversations are taking place at the highest levels about understanding what the window to win is because the window shuts really quickly. Talk, talk to the San Jose Sharks, right, who were so close for all those years and just were never able to get past, you know, past that point to win a championship. And now, you know, they've, they've sort of sold off their future and it's, it's going to be bleak and it's going to be bleak there for a while. So you got to really kind of read the tea leaves and, and make the right moves according to where your team stands at at this time. One last one for you, David, just regarding the Ottawa Senators. And, I mean, you would have to say it's a, it's a disappointing season in Ottawa. I think expectations were, were much, much higher. Uh, how active do you think that Stevie Steos will be uh, in the next couple of weeks here? That's a really good question. You know, I, it's so – it's got to drive Senators fans nuts, right? Like, the team shows – as soon as the games aren't meaningful, the team shows its potential – they're the best second-half team over the last five years in the NHL, basically, or one of them. You know, they, they play to a playoff position from January on each of the last five years. It's mm-hmm. the first three months of the year where they bury themselves. So it's very frustrating. I, I imagine there could be some activity, but I'm not expecting a ton out of, of Ottawa. When you look at the seven Canadian teams, you know, Ottawa and Montreal, I think, are much going to be much less active. It might be just little tweaking here and there, but nothing substantial from what I would understand. And I think it'll be much more active with the other five Canadian teams. Certainly Calgary potentially as a big seller. And then Winnipeg, you know, no one, no one really talks much about the Jets. I yeah. certainly assume Edmonton's going to do something. In fact, there had been a lot of conversation that Gensel, Gensel, Gensel to Edmonton, and then obviously got hurt, and we'll see where that leaves it. But I, I certainly imagine Edmonton's going to do something. We all expect Toronto's going to do something. Vancouver, you know, never sleep on Jim Rutherford. He's always active, and, and he said the team has earned, you know, the opportunity. And granted, they did their shopping early with Lynn Toman and Zadorov, but there still might be another trick up their sleeves. And the Winnipeg Jets, I think you look at their team right now, the fact that Hellebuck and um, Shifley have signed, like part of those conversations before Shifley and Hellebuck signed were probably like, trust me, we're trying to build something here. We're not trying, we're not in rebuilding mode. I know Wheeler's gone. I know Dubois is gone, but we're not in rebuilding mode. And they've lived up to that with their performance so far this year. Wouldn't shock me if Kevin Shoveldayoff is also going to do something, nothing, you know, catastrophic, huge, but something where you go, okay, well, it's, it's an addition because they think they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender this year. And I think they are as well. Well, it's going to be just an incredible day tomorrow. Well, we got tonight, too, with three games, Dave, but uh, mm-hmm. incredible day tomorrow for you guys at Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. Wish you all the best. Uh, you know, with with Colorado and Toronto, that's that's a wicked first game, and then uh, the Battle of Alberta. Can't ask for much more on a Saturday, can you? Hey, Vancouver-Boston, too. Yes, like, yeah, honestly, I forgot about that be, one, yeah. 
yeah, there's some Saturdays where you look at the matchups and you go, okay, yeah. it's not brilliant. Tomorrow's one of those days where you're like, all right, sit down. You might be, you know, shacked up in front of the TV for six, seven hours, but it'll be uh, entertaining to say the least. Yeah, I forgot about that one too. And that's an early, because I was thinking about the late, you know, that's a five, what is it, five, oh, seven Eastern out. Uh, so four o'clock Pacific time start, right? Yeah. Yeah, Vancouver for which I know drives the fans a little bonkers. Yeah. I kind of, you know what? It's funny. I look at it differently. I, like a four o'clock game is awesome. You go to the game mm-hmm. with your your friends, your buddies, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever, and then you go out to dinner after and yeah. have a night on the town. Like to me, it's perfect timing. Just rip her up like we used to do on Electric Avenue back in the day, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Dave. Thanks for this. Uh, have a enjoyable but busy, busy weekend. Uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Enjoy the weekend. All right, that's Dave Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, one of the very best for sure. And our headliner of the day uh, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. That was the Mr. Reuter headliner, the true goat of local plumbing. That's mrreuter.ca. He really enjoyed that jalapeno popper fueled game night i was uh so like you said that's a new liner we uh i printed that off for you kind of first thing this i'll morning. be honest i didn't go through it. Uh, well that, that's the thing so i did and i didn't i didn't even mention it to you because i was kind of hoping it'd, it'd catch you off guard and i was rewarded for my uh my leaving you in the dark a little bit there because that was top shelf i think i might have added one more word jalapeno pepper popper I is that it, what it says no it just says jalapeno popper Oh, yeah. Well, so, jalapeno pep. I was trying a little alliteration there, Duke. It worked. Yeah. It came out smooth. Sometimes uh, you try and add in some words like that, it'll trip, trip a guy up, but not you, Kev. Oh, You're yeah. a seasoned yeah. pro. Not enough O's and smooth, <laughs> Duke. Uh, when we come back, uh, a little, quick little conversation, just a two-question two uh, conversation that I had with uh, head coach Chris Knobloch regarding... Dylan Holloway. That's coming up right after the break. Kevin Carius, Brandon Douglas, the Duke of Delburn, Sports 1440. Stay with us. You know, the Duke was mad about my little trick question to Bob, so I said I'm look, kind of looking at him go, uh, on Playlist Friday, thanks for uh, uh, a request on this one and all the requests we've got in, and it's hard to get to them all when we've only got, I guess, three breaks per hour and intros like that. So I'm looking at the Duke, and I'm going, eh, I don't know. No idea who that was, Duke, so... So it's uh, well, it's a duet, but it's a original Brooks and Dunn song, uh, my next Broken Heart. But that was they uh, did a it's called reboot album. That's probably about like five six years ago now, where they took kind of their biggest hits and then uh, mm-hmm. did a duet with a current country uh, very popular. So that's with John Party, okay, who's uh, who's a great one, uh, kind mm-hmm. of a throwback voice. Always likes the the fiddle in his music and stuff. So that's a, that's a good yeah we had a, we had a request for any Brooks and Dunn so I uh, I just chose to spin it over that direction I see okay yeah. well there we go and anytime you have anything to do with Brooks and Dunn is pretty good I'm on board it? yes big time on board Oilers taking on the Minnesota Wild tonight uh, in the last I guess uh, 10 days or so we talked a fair bit about Dylan Holloway and you know his progression as a player and Anytime you, when you're looking at comparables, and it's always hard to do that, but with Minnesota coming in tonight, a player that caught my eye, Duke, was Marco Rossi, who is very similar in the sense of the draft in 2020, amount of games played, a a player still trying to find his way. They've played almost the identical amount of games, but Marco Rossi's kind of on a team that is, again, it's harder for Dylan Holloway to crack spots on the roster because of how the top six is constructed. We get that. But it's about opportunity, taking advantage of that opportunity. Marco Rossi is starting to do that 
in Ottawa. He was selected ninth, 77 games, 17 goals, 17 assists. Dylan Holloway taken 14th, so five picks later. So far, 76 games, almost identical, six goals, seven assists. At times, we've thought Dylan Holloway was ready to take that next step, had the uh, opportunity, maybe the chance to take another step forward in his progression. Yesterday after practice, I asked Coach Chris Knobloch about that. Remember when Dylan Holloway scored that goal against Detroit, did you think he would gain a little more traction in the last few games than than he has? Well, it's so much dependent on who you're playing with, um, situations. Um, you get in ozone face-offs. Are you playing with um, Leon and Connor? You know, obviously, if you're on a line with those two, they're going to drive a lot of offense, and you're going to benefit from that. And, um, you know, what's the chances that you've created? You know, have the goalies made good saves? Have you just missed? Uh, you know, there's so much. And I like... Um, Dylan's game he provides a lot for our team you know we're talking about getting bigger and faster and being more physical and you know I think about his game last night he was he was all those things and you know I think about the hit that he had uh, right in front of our bench you know that's that's good that's you know the other team takes notice of that and they make the move the puck a little bit quicker and not quite as confident when you have some guys that are making those hits like that. So I think Dylan's doing um, quite well for us. You want to see him be a little more physical? I, I think um, as a team, we want to have a little more presence. And I think uh, how strong he is, um, he is uh, quite an athlete. He's very fast, very powerful. And yeah, I would like him to use that, uh, his body and being physical. That's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch regarding Dylan Holloway. So similar players in the sense that they were in the same draft five picks apart. But Marco Rossi's a way different kind of player. I mean, he was a more of a prolific junior scorer in Ottawa, had 120 points last year. He's he's from Austria, obviously. But all of his numbers are from this year. He has 56 games played this year, 17 goals and 17 assists. He's been up and down in the last two years in Iowa. That's where he's kind of cut his teeth. So same, similar age, he's, he's 22 years old. But he has taken advantage of his opportunity. Now, the other thing, he yes, he's he'll see some power play time, but he's on the third line. Like, he is not moving up in that line. I mean, Kaprizov, Eriksson, Matt Boldy, the number one line. You got Hartman, Zuccarello, and Marcus Johansson as well. There are He does see some time, yes, on the second power play unit. Just kind of an observation. That's kind of all we talk about when we get to things like that, when you're talking about players of that ilk. Do we have time? Do you want to run uh, uh, Darnell Nurse? Yeah. So also yesterday after practice, I talked to Darnell Nurse, and just as a a full disclosure, we have taken this part out of the interview because there was really nothing there. And Darnell, and I talked to uh, with Jason Greger. I was on Greger's show yesterday about Darnell. He wasn't exactly happy how I asked him about uh, some passiveness in the defensive zone coverage. And he says, no, it's the same. So it really didn't offer anything to add to this, but I just wanted to make sure that I did mention that. But I had a quick conversation with the uh, Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse yesterday. 
Darnell, first just playing a high-scoring game like that, just your thoughts compared to some of the other contests that you've played so far this year where things have been a little tighter, I guess you could say, defensively. Yeah, I think you know, we want to clean up that and not give up uh, as many chances, as many goals. You want to be trading uh, goals yeah, back and forth. I think when we're having success, you know, you're looking at games that are, you know, you're giving up one or two goals against and you're, you know, it's only taking you two or three to, to win them. So I think for us to, to get back to that kind of mindset of, of checking to win as opposed to uh, being being open the way we were yesterday. What do you think those little details are that you have to sort of try to, you know, implement moving forward to get back to where you were and that kind of two goals a game being allowed? I think it's just you know, sticking to the way we know how to defend. I mean, it's you know, it's not any ground breaking earth shattering things that we need to do we've we've done over long stretches of the season it's just i'll be in the right right spots working a little harder in our d zone um tracking a little bit better and you know limiting the amount of grade a chances that our goalies have to make uh saves on each night so that's uh, those are big keys a couple games with minnesota and calgary in the sense that uh, uh four game homestand left out of five just your thoughts on uh, the two coming up here uh you know big matches i think obviously back to back and um for us you know there's a we want to make this somewhere that's hard to play, and um, for us, you know, whenever we're at home, taking advantage of you know um, of the points on the table. So, uh, you know, no test is, is going to be easy. Uh, every team that's uh, coming in here is either you know in the playoffs or, or working their way to try to get into it. And uh, at that at this time of the year, those are, are very hardworking teams, and it's, there's going to be no easy tests uh, here over the next four. What do you see from Minnesota, who's kind of got back in the race here? Uh, yeah, obviously they're. Uh, yeah, I think they had a big win. Uh, a couple nights against Vancouver, uh, a couple nights ago against Vancouver. So, um, you know, obviously, when when you start to win, you know, as you saw with our team, you know, you start to get confidence and in that battle level, and you you get uh, you know your your sights on on the playoffs and working your way into a spot. I mean, it uh, creates a hunger in the room and uh, a little bit of excitement. So, uh, for us, we gotta um, know that that's what's coming into our building, and for, you know, we're we're in the same position where we're fighting for points each and every night, and you have to have that same hunger. Can you compare this race that you're in right now to years past with right now Vancouver's, you know, at the top of the division, but, you know, Vegas is just in front of you and, and LA's right behind you? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's been the Pacific division, it feels like, over the last few years. You know, tight, uh, tight right down to the wire. Um, and that's what makes every game so important. When, uh, you know, you're looking at the end of the year and, I mean, there's, you know, been instances where, you know, you're playing together, you know, 90, close, close to 100 point uh, seasons and you're not clinching until three games before the playoffs. So it's, uh, um, that's, that's how tight this, this division is and just fighting for, you know, home, home ice advantage, all that, all those type of things. So, um, um, so it makes our division uh, special. There's a lot of good teams. Thanks for this. Good luck on the week. Thank you. That's Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse. And Nurse with six goals, 14 assists, 20 points. He's plus eight on the season. And he plays all the hard minutes, tons and tons against, uh, you know, the other teams, the opposition's best. I think he's had a fabulous year. I think he's been very, very good. I think he will be on the radar and I think he has a very good chance next year to play in the um, Four Nations Cup tournament, if you want to call it. That's the guess of the name of it. The uh, four-team tournament for Canada. I think he has an opportunity to represent uh, the, our country in that whatever it is, round-robin thing over the All-Star break next year. I think that's how good that he has played. And that's, I think that's how well he is regarded around the league. Well, when we come back, we will have uh, Joe O'Donnell, Minnesota Wild, play-by-play man, and that'll be uh, coming up at uh, 10 o'clock. And then we've got Ted Appleman, 
Selena Sturmes uh, coach the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. The Page Playoff system gets underway today, and Sturme will be up against Jennifer Jones in the 12 o'clock game, and then uh, Rachel Homan takes on Carrie Anderson in the other 1-2 qualifying game at noon. That goes down in Calgary. Boy, you win that first one, you got a good chance to get moving on so you don't have to play too many games, and that's always key at this time of the season. So 10 o'clock, Joe O'Donnell, Minnesota Wild, play-by-play man. Uh, Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update, brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Here is the Duke.